This is Lewis Riddick of ESPN. You are listening to the SteelerNation.com podcast. Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your Steeler Nation podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G Striker, and the Browns Kitchen is officially down. One baker, baby. <laughs> that is what just happened in Cleveland, moving Baker Mayfield to the Carolina Panthers. That was the 18.9 guaranteed fifth-year option value of Baker Mayfield, which is now split up. Browns are retaining the lion's share at $10.5 million on their cap this season. Carolina's paying $5 million, and it looks like Baker agreed to a $3.5 million pay cut, which is very interesting. But the most interesting aspect of this to me is the Browns only received a conditional fifth round pick. I mean, we've got to talk about the Browns throwing baby Baker out with the bathwater, dumping their best quarterback in 28 years, only playoff winning quarterback since Vinny Interceptiverdi. I mean, I'm sorry, Testaverdi, best quarterback since Bernie Kozar. Um, interesting fact with that Vinny Interceptiverdi year, their head coach, the last time they won a game, in the playoffs in 28 years, head coach was Bill Belichick. That's insane. He's only done nothing but win six Super Bowls since then and make it to 10. So this is how it works out. Steelers gave up, sorry, Browns gave up a first and a fourth this year, a first and a third next year, and a first and a fourth in two years in 24. What did they get in return? maybe a fifth rounder, (laughs) maybe. (laughs) I mean, this is absolutely insane because it might not even be a fifth rounder. It might be a sixth rounder. Yeah, sure. They also picked up some late day three picks, some fifths and sixths from Houston as well. But that means nothing with the high draft picks that they lost, meaning they're going to have two quarterbacks that might not even be playing for them this year. You got $230 million guaranteed to Deshaun Watson. You got a $10 million cap hit this year for Baker Mayfield. Another, sorry, the $10 million, $10 million of that $230 was to Deshaun Watson. $10.5 to Baker Mayfield. That's $20.5 million allocated for the Browns for quarterbacks, two quarterbacks that might not even play this year for them. Baker definitely not. Who knows about Watson? Absolutely crazy. And the craziest thing, too, we don't even know if the Browns aren't even out of the Jimmy Garoppolo scenario yet. They still have money in the cap. They can still, they still have a, um, they have some more draft picks to give up. They've got a, their next, they have no uh, first or third round draft pick next year. They have no first or fourth round draft pick in two years. Their next completely intact draft is 2025 in three years. So what does that mean if they're trying to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo? It might end up being like three second rounders to get a guy like Jimmy G. Two definitely. Absolutely crazy. Giving up that amount of draft capital, but they're still crazy under the cap over in Cleveland. They've got 21 million uh, according to Sport Track. 
uh, com under the cap, currently with the possibility of being 51 million with the top 51. That's a ton of space. Yes, they can still go out and get Jimmy G. But my first, my favorite aspect, though, of this trade, getting rid of Baker Mayfield, sending him to Cleveland, to, to the Carolina Panthers, means they're playing Carolina Panthers week one next year. Circle that on the calendar, Steeler fans. Because if we're not watching the Steelers game week one, I definitely want to check out that Browns-Carolina game. Because if Baker is starting that game, look out. Browns are probably going to be starting off 0-1. 0-1. Because you've got Baker, he's going to be competing against Sam Darnold, who is also on a fifth-year option. The Carolina Panthers chose to give him his fifth-year option back in April to $18.9 million, again, which we talked about, being guaranteed to Baker back in the early Back around April and May, I was talking about Baker Mayfield's $18.9 million. And if he'd choose to play for the Browns this year without getting it locked down to a longer contract, I was stating he probably wouldn't. Said the same thing about Lamar Jackson, who's making slightly more uh, since he was a, an MVP or made a Pro Bowl the one year. Um, but still, this locked into a point, and then they bring in Deshaun Watson on top of that. It meant Baker was never playing for the Browns. Came to fruition. We've been talking about it for months, Steeler Nation, but so delicious to be able to hear the quarterback carousel continuing to turn here in the Browns. Who's going to be their starting quarterback now? Brissett? Is it going to be our old Do Josh Dobbs, the rocket scientist? Who knows? We got to watch training camp and see how it works out. But brisket or the rocket scientist? That's what I want to see the competition this year going into training camp if they don't pick up somebody like Jimmy G because they're definitely in the Jimmy G hunt this season. Uh, now it's time on the show where I like to take questions from Steeler Nation. Go on over to SteelerNation.com and the football forum. Free to join every Tuesday What right before I post my live vidcast, usually 7 o'clock on Tuesdays, I post a thread. You can ask questions. I pull all of my questions for the podcast from that thread over at SteelerNation.com. Come on over and be part of the fun in the football forum at SteelerNation.com. First question's coming from Slash Steel. Are the Steelers done in free agency? I don't know, Slash. I think the Steelers are pretty happy with the roster that they have now. But if they were going to add anybody else in free agency, I'm thinking maybe a vet running back would be the number one choice or number one possibility going into training camp. Unless there's an injury, I really don't see them pay, picking up a free agent currently. Or roster cutdowns, they might try to add somebody who might be an upgrade to somebody currently on their roster. But I'm not expecting a whole lot of action here before training camp. Hopefully Boswell gets a contract. Maybe Deontay Johnson gets a contract, but that's the only free agent moves. They're not even free agents. They're signed for the year. But those are the only moves I can really see happen for the Steelers before the start of training camp. Um, next question from Slash. What is the weakest position on the team? Um, for me, probably the weakest starting position, offensive tackle. Uh, I still think you can make an upgrade at the offensive tackle positions if you wanted to. Definitely depth is an issue at those positions. Uh, running back depth, behind Najee, they really don't have anybody solid 
that or anybody that's not a question mark, I should say. Scott, you can say the same thing at outside linebacker minus Avery because Avery was a starter over at the Eagles last season. But the rest are kind of question marks. Tuzar Skipper, um, you got the other guy too they just brought back to Skipper. But you don't know who is going to pan out. Wide open. Absolutely wide open. Uh, next question, what are the strongest positions on the team? Right now, after the draft and picking up Boykin as well, wide receiver is pretty thick with a lot of talent. Um, quarterback is really interesting. Obviously, nobody like that upper tier that Ben Roethlisberger used to be. But you've got a lot of guys that are competing. you got Trubisky that was highly drafted. you got Pickett that was highly drafted. And um, you've got Rudolph who knows the system. Plus, they use another draft pick for a Lodicum. So interesting, interesting depth across the mark. Um, I could say that two might even be upgrades over Rudolph, which makes this a stronger depth location as well. Moving into this season, love, love, love inside linebacker, which was a weakness. Picking up Miles Jack was enormous. Bush is insane. Spillane is a great number three. And then you've got a lot of up-and-coming guys competing for that next inside linebacker spot. you got Buddy Johnson. You still have UG3. You still have... Um, Marcus Allen, and then you just drafted Robinson this year. It's wide open. Allen and UG3 have to prove it because these young players might be throwing them off the roster this season, especially if they can play special teams. Robinson's a guy to look for to make some splash plays, I think, here. and to make He's like my, my training camp phenom, I should say. I'm not biased just because we uh, interviewed him right before he was drafted by the Steelers, but I'm very happy he's part of the team. Love his skill set. I'm looking forward to what he can do for this team. Um, also, safety. Safety is insanely deep. Carl Joseph and... Fitzpatrick or free safeties. You got Edmonds and KZ at strong safety. Then you have Killebrew also at strong safety was a special teams demon last season. That's five players. Usually the Steelers only keep four. So either somebody has to get cut or they keep the five. Killebrew playing special teams and they have to cut somewhere else. But this is a deep roster this year. It's going to make difficult cuts for those last positions and special teams is going to determine who is going to be the deep positions this year on our team. Um, last question from slash steel. If a diehard Steeler fan fanatic showed up to my house and I had to give him or her one Steeler item before they left, what would I be willing to give up? Uh, nothing isn't an option. Well, that's not a problem. I, I, well, I wouldn't say I've given things away to diehard Steeler fans before, but I've made some of my friends Steeler fans by giving them, old jerseys in the past. I've given away a Cordell jersey. I've given away an O'Donnell jersey. I've given away a Dawson jersey, a Bettis jersey once, a Parker jersey, and um, and a Bruner jersey. So that's how I make friends and like make my friends fans of the team by giving away jerseys, and they become diehards in that way. But if somebody came to my house today, they were a diehard. Striker, I want something. Um, I'd be willing maybe to give up either my fast Willie Parker or my Super Bowl MVP Santonio Holmes mini helmets. Those are ones I'd consider. 
Uh, everything else is kind of <laughs> off limit, especially my big helmets behind me and stuff. I love that stuff. Um, next question from MTC. Not a question, but a remark. Coke is better than Pepsi. I said it. Going to be completely dead set against you on that one. Love all the stuff that Pepsi does. Pepsi just isn't Pepsi. Pepsi does Frito-Lay. Pepsi does Gatorade. Gatorade's better than any isotonic Coke can come up with. They do Mountain Dew, which Coke every decade tries to come up with some green crap that is better than Mountain Dew, and it's not. Mellow Yellow, Surge, they all suck. Can't touch Mountain Dew, and they keep making awesome flavors. Try the new Spark this season, the Raspberry Lemonade. Absolutely amazing. You got the new Baja Blast flavors, the gold, the Baja Mango. Those things are killing it. Kickstart kills it. Mountain Dew Energy just launched. Sick, sick brand. Coke can't touch it. So I will go hardcore Pepsi over Coke any day of the week. Plus, I'd take a Pepsi Nitro over anything Coke as well. Um, Matt Insomniac, next question. What are the best and most notable NFL nicknames? I see it as four categories, he says. Um, general coaches and players like Iron Mike Ditka, Ironhead Hayward, or the Juice. <laughs> the, um, I'd say like the Chin is a great nickname for a coach. I'm going Steeler biased, obviously. Um, Silverback was a great nickname as well. Um, from James Harrison. I love that big gorilla nickname, uh, positional unit scheme or scheme nicknames like no name defense or Tampa two coverage. Uh, I love the purple people leaders when I was a kid, I thought that was a great nickname. Um, love the orange crush as well for the Denver Broncos defenses back in the eighties. Um, greatest show on turf in the nineties for offense for the Rams. That, that team won a Super Bowl, made it to two, um, steel curtain though. Gotta be my number one. Gotta be my number one team nickname. Uh, NFL play nicknames like the music city miracle or the catch, um, the coin flip back in Thanksgiving when, uh, Bettis called the coin flip said tails. They said it as heads got screwed out of the coin flip. Detroit marches it down, wins that game. Steelers don't win the rest of that year and miss out on the playoffs. Um, other plays, the tackle by Ben Roethlisberger against the Colts after the, the Bettis fumble, running it back for a touchdown, tackles Harper by the foot to save a touchdown. They end up shanking a field goal. Great, great play. Uh, the immaculate, immaculate Reception is the all-time number one play in the NFL to me is the all-time number one nickname for any play. Got to be it. Um, and then Steelers-specific nicknames. I know I was heavily Steelers, obviously. Uh, mean Joe Green, Blitzburg. Uh, like I said, I like the chin for Cower. Love Silverback for James Harrison. Potsy for Farrier was a fun one. The bus is number one for me. Bettis' nickname, absolutely great because it also had some spinoff nicknames. You had... The tow truck by um, Bruner, because Mark Bruner would always reach down and put his hand down and pick Bettis back up off of the field every time he got tackled. Uh, so he got the nickname Tow Truck. Uh, and then Najee Davenport, the old Najee, he was nicknamed the Dump Truck. Uh, but I think that was because there was a rumor that he took a dump in somebody's helmet in training camp the one year. So he got the moniker Dump Truck. Loved that nickname. Thought it was really funny. Um, and then, obviously, like, I like the Pittsburgh City nicknames. You got the City of Champions, which is, I think is the best. I always love City of Bridges. That evokes all those beautiful bridges across the three rivers. And, of course, the Steel City. So 
that which evokes back to the days of the steel industry, power football. Um, great stuff. Love those questions. Blitz with the next question. What differences do I see in the defense this year with Austin as the defensive coordinator with the addition of Flores? I know I've touched on this with earlier casts, but no question to me, like this is just something I thought about. If Flores was available before Austin was named the defensive coordinator, in my opinion, there's no question the Steelers would have signed Flores to be their defensive coordinator and Austin would still be coaching secondary. But as it worked out, Austin's the play caller now, coaching the defense. I think Flores is going to help out in that respect as well. But I'm expecting more accountability and better play and coaching up at the youth of linebacker this position, especially inside linebacker. Um, so we got to see if these young players like Robinson and Buddy Johnson can really pop up through the system and make waves this season. Uh, because that would be all a testament to Flores' ability to coach him up. And as I always said, too, I think that Tomlin concentrating more on the game will make our red flag challenges and coaches' challenges percentages go up significantly. So less to worry about. Concentrate on game management. Those percentages should go up significantly this season. JMM, next question. What happened to Cope? Cope used to be my old uh, avatar name over at the SteelerNation.com football forum, uh, though I was striker initially. From 05 to 10, I was known as striker. Then they had to redo the site. I was trying to think of a nickname because it was an off year. I think it was 11 season in the off season where I was like, I wanted to evoke something. I'm Myron Cope is my all-time favorite. Loved him. So I went with Cope as my nickname. Use that nickname from 11 to 22. And then this season, it's like, since the podcast is blowing up, the site's blowing up, Striker, why don't you bring your moniker back on the website? Um, you know, SteelerFan81 said that's that's what you should do. I agreed with him. That's why I'm back at Striker, and that's why I'm known as Striker over there. So you can find me easier if you're coming over. If you want to chat with me, that's the way to do it, guys. Or even slide into some DMs. <laughs> Next and final questions from Drink Iron City, who's always the closer, it seems like, on these shows. First question, left tackle seems to be a position of concern. Do you see Dan Moore taking a big step enough forward combined with the interior additions to be a position we will not question coming the season's end? Well, I really hope so. Like I said, I, I think depth at tackle is still low. Like Glue is still there. Uh, I think he's a capable backup, starter potential in the short term, um, but really don't have an outside person if Chooks or Dan goes down. Um, though I do like the fight in Dan's game. I like how he handed pro bowler outside linebacker Miles Garrett his hat two games when we played Cleveland. Those are two of our best games at the line of scrimmage all season. And we got up for Cleveland those games. He's going to be stronger this season. His technique is going to be better. And he's not going to hit the rookie wall because his performance and cardio is going to be up. He's going to know what to expect. Really looking forward to that year to jump out of more this season. And, of course, if we got a lockdown starting center at left tackle from the fourth round, that is a big win. Heck, we got the undrafted one when we had Villanueva for a few years. Loved that one as well. Beecham for a few years, another low-round draft pick. Steelers seem to find a way to find those blindside guys pretty late in the draft. So we'll have to see how these guys do. Hopefully the coach them up will be there in their game as well. Looking for the uh, new offensive uh, line coach, too, to help them coach up as well. Uh, number two question. Not looking at the depth chart, 
the position wide open. Who do I feel will be the starting center? And is Green still in the hunt? Well, it looks like the Steelers have kind of handed Cole this role. Uh, for the life of me, I don't know why Green is not currently competing at starting center because right now they have him competing at starting left guard with Dotson. So I think Dotson's going to take that job hands down. To me, I think he has a better chance of starting and competing at center against Cole. But especially after those offseason workouts with Pouncey, uh, the commitment to center that he had this year, uh, I just love to see him compete there. We'll have to see if it works out in training camp, if they move him back to center for some snaps or for some positional teams. That's where we're going to have to wait to see where he lines up, especially if Dotson takes it so quickly. They might throw him in at center to compete with Cole. Question three, with the dramatic increase in wide receiver contracts, can you expand on Deontay Johnson's fate as whether he will be offered a substantial contract before the start of the season? As I've already talked ad nauseum at all my podcasts and vidcasts this season, Steelers should have signed him back when his number was $16 million, back when it was $18 million. Now it's like a 20-year mil. Mid. Minimum is $20 mil a season now, it seems like, for him. We're getting reports that the Steelers aren't willing to pay that. But if they play that out and he balls out this season, the Steelers can still tag him for a year. Though I think they learned their lesson with Bell. I think any tags moving forward will be non-exclusive tags, meaning Steelers could get two first-round draft picks if he's traded. That is value if we lose a guy like DJ. This also might be a wait-and-see approach to see if Pickens or Austin can play that X role as well. Now, don't get me wrong. I think Deontay Johnson is the single best X position receiver in the league, especially at his separation on the first break, which PFF has it as better than anybody else in the league by a margin, a significant margin. Big reason why he made the Pro Bowl. Big reason why he caught 107 passes by a quarterback that had to get the ball out in two seconds last year. He was still open and everybody knew he was throwing in five seconds. Still caught over 100 balls. That is huge. Now, having this play-action run game, read-option game, should take a little bit of pressure off of him. See more middle and deep roots by DJ. I'm looking forward to his whole root tree expanding this season and showing what he can do downfield and showing everybody what I've already seen on film. I think he's a top-tier guy, an A.B. junior in the making. Last question from Drink Iron City. QVC, HSN, or NFL Shop is looking to buy a Steelers jersey, not a collector's item, just an everyday jersey. So where would I look to buy one, I guess, is what you're asking. I'd say NFL Shop because you know they're going to have the jerseys. QVC and Home Shopping Network are kind of crapshoots. Yeah, they might get something cool in here and there, but you don't know what they're going to have sustained on their website or on their show. So I'd always go to the NFL.com in, in a pinch. You know they're going to have it. That's my that's my answer on that one, brother. Uh, thanks, Cope, and a striker body. You are always welcome. Enjoy your dinner as I know you're cooking. Happy to answer your questions, my friend. And cheers to you, Steeler Nation. I am enjoying a fine beverage tonight it's called Siege from Adroit Theory. I love their graphic design being the old um, Cobra from G.I. Joe graphics. Absolutely love their designs. Excellent IPAs over there. All their beers are phenomenal. Adroit Theory in Percival, Virginia. Highly recommend their beer. If you got a chance of trying any of their stuff, you will not be disappointed. Guys, be sure to check out our sponsor, Total Sports Enterprises, over at tseshop.com. Follow them on at 
Total Sports ENT on Twitter to be able to win free signed merchandise every week. Be sure to follow our vidcast, 7 o'clock on Tuesdays live. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel to be a part of that and get this notifications, youtube.com backslash Steeler Nation. And also Steeler Nation is sponsoring the Three Rivers Celebrity Softball Game, contributing to and benefiting the Cameron Hayward House Foundation. It's going to be at Wild, Washington Wild Things Stadium over in Washington, PA, on July 16th. Tickets are 10 bucks. Only 10 bucks, guys. Go to WashingtonWildThings.com, click on events, Three River Stadium softball. That's where you can buy your tickets. You also get a chance to be part of the terrible tailgate, which I will be there for from two to five. All you can eat, all you can drink, 20 bucks. Excellent value there. 30 bucks, you got a whole night. Be part of the fun. Say hi to me. Let's talk some Steeler football. Looking forward to that. And get some free autographs by players like Cam Hayward, Najee Harris, Mitchell Trubisky, Wormley, Highsmith, Aluwalu. Edmonds is going to be there. Both rookie receivers, Pickens and Austin. Uh, Casey DeSmith, the, the uh, Pens goalie, has just been named to there as well. And Bud Dupree, who used to play for us, now playing for Titans, will be there also. I'm getting an uh, autograph from him as well. This is a fun atmosphere. Great chance to get autographs here because this is a fun atmosphere. These guys aren't working. It's not training camp. They're not hot. It's not middle of summer. This is a fun thing for them. It's going to be a fun day. Be part of it, Steeler Nation. Make sure you go to WashingtonWildThings.com to get your tickets today. Read our great Pittsburgh Steeler-focused articles at SteelerNation.com. Follow us on Twitter at SteelerNation. Um, Instagram at SteelerNation.com as well as Facebook. Follow the podcast on Twitter at underscore SN Podcast. And follow your host, Steeler Nation Striker, at SN Striker on Twitter, on TikTok, and on Instagram. Be part of the fun. I always look forward to hearing from you guys. Thanks for joining us on the Steeler Nation vidcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises, part of the Big Play Vidcast Network. I'm your host, G Striker, rooting along with you as always. Go Steelers! <laughs>